All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome to another episode of the KJV Bible Study. This is episode three. We're going to continue our series through John today, looking specifically verses 9 through 13 of chapter 1. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another opportunity, another privilege to open your word, Lord. We get to open your word. We get to study your word. We get to learn from your word. And you also get to speak to us personally through your word. We pray that this uh, lesson would be a blessing for those that listen. We pray that we, at the conclusion of this podcast, at the conclusion of this personal study, that we will have gained some knowledge some personal tidbit that we can use in our lives to just love you more. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So again, if you have your Bibles with you, open it to the book of John chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 14, uh, but specifically again, we're going to look at verses 9 through 13 in our study. John chapter 1. Again, I want to welcome everybody who's listening while you're turning in your your Bibles to this location. It's a joy to have the privilege of opening God's Word each and every time. Um, but let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Our verses today, verse 9, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed in his name. Verse 13, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Last week we looked at uh, John the Baptist and his ministry and the fact that he came as an example to all of us as to what we should be doing in our Christian walk, and that is heralding, that is uh, pronouncing that Christ is coming again and you need to be getting right with him um, before that time. So John has started off giving us this prologue, if you will, of this book. Uh, we've had a progression. You've seen a progression through his. He introduced us to the Word. And then introduced us to the light as the life of the Word. We see this constant reference of light. John took a few verses so far to introduce us again to John the Baptist. Uh, but now in verses 9 through 13, we look again at this reference to light. Let's look at this verse by verse. John 1 verse 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Remember in verse 8, John states that John the Baptist was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This section of verse is guiding us to see the invisible, to see now the visible. John emphatically states, first off, that he is not talking about the true light. The word true here implies that the light is real, authentic, and genuine, even if it is not recognized as such. I love this portion of scripture when we get the opportunity to talk about truth. There can only be, this is a very important point, there can only be one truth. Truth is truth. Whether someone chooses to believe in truth does not take away from the fact that it is true. There can only be one truth. I found this quote from Winston Churchill, and by no means um, am I suggesting that Winston Churchill was a, uh, a Christian. I, I, I don't know his uh, faith, don't know where his faith was at. Um, what I do know about him makes me probably question that. But there are quite a few quotes attributed to his name, and here's one uh, that applies for today. Winston Churchill said, quote, The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, well, there it is. 
truth is truth. There can only be one truth. A study by the Barna Research Group. Uh, this is a group that studies many type of Christian uh, topics. But they discovered that 66% of all Americans deny the existence of absolute truth. Uh, another subject who uh, teaches in the university um, said, quote, There is one thing a professor can absolutely be certain of. Almost every student entering a university believes or says he believes that truth is relative. Outside of God's holy word, the Bible, truth can be hard to find in our society today. Um, and I think this is very evident. If you watch the news lately, you know, whether you're uh, uh, liberal leaning or conservative leaning, we don't really get the truth either location. Uh, news isn't news anymore. It's opinion based. It's commentary based. It's not giving the truth, it's giving somebody's opinion of the truth. There's only one truth. Where does the truth lie? Uh, in society and in the world, it is almost impossible to come by truth. We're very fortunate in that we have 66 books in our Bible I'm sitting here holding now that when you read it from cover to cover, you see the truth of what God has for us as his creation. Many try to twist the truth from Scripture. Many will try to take segments of it to, to fit an agenda that they want to... Uh, back but when you take and interpret scripture correctly you see that there's only one truth that the holy bible is a cohesive book that it does not will not and cannot contradict itself there is one truth now when i was younger I went through a period of time where I had this thought in my head that, um, well, it doesn't really matter what an individual believes, as long as he believes something, as long as he believes something about God or a God, and devotes himself to following that truth that they believe, then there's nothing wrong with that. Well, as I've matured, as I've studied scripture, as I've grown as a Christian, I now see that is just not true. There's only one truth. And that is that uh, we are God's creation. That that creation uh, was created in a perfect, sinless world. In... Uh, communion with God and then that creation fell made a choice to sin thus separating us from God God then 
had to bring in something to be able to uh, reestablish that relationship with him because he is a holy God and we were a sinful creation. Thus he had to bring his son. He had to uh, bring Christ to this earth. He had to show us that you can live a sinless life. Thus Christ was the example for us. But then he went further. Went further than anybody had done before in that he had to be sacrificed. This was God's plan from the beginning. But we had to be, uh, we had to understand, we had to witness this. We had to have the account of it. Christ was sacrificed on the cross, never justified. He was, it was, this was never warranted of him. He was a sinless, perfect person. His blood was shed, thus covering every sin that was, that has occurred, is occurring, and that will ever occur. This perfect sacrifice, once you believe in Christ, once you believe in that sacrifice, once you believe in His blood, follow Him, have faith in Him, you again have that communion with God. That, friends, is truth. Any adjustment to that any addition to that, any subtraction of that, then you don't have truth anymore. And that's so tragic. Many are going and will uh, go to hell by not understanding what truth is. And it's very easy. It's so easy to be able to believe in Christ. It's so easy to be able to say, you know what, Lord, I give my life to you. It's so easy to then just believe and follow and ask. And you have that communion with God. You have the Holy Spirit come into your heart and you have that communion with God again what he desperately wants from the beginning. But many turn away from that. John declares to us that true light is Jesus Christ. We talked about that a little bit over the last couple of lessons, but the true light is Christ. And this analogy of light here is very interesting. Um, when you think about light... What is light? Well, Christ is to man what light is to man. So what is light to man? What does light do for man? Well, first off, light penetrates, doesn't it? It cuts through and eliminates darkness. We talked about this uh, last session, I believe, where we talked about, the, you know what, there is no such thing as darkness. There's just the absence of light. And when light is present, it cuts through. It, cre it just takes away the darkness. 
penetrates. Christ does the same thing. He takes away the hate. He takes away the sin. And he penetrates us. Well, light reveals, doesn't it? You uh, you try hiding in a well-lit room from somebody. They can see you. Turn out the lights and it's much easier to be able to be undetected. Light reveals. It opens up the truth of an area or of a whole new world in life. Well, so does Christ. When you go believing in him, he opens up an area and a whole new world. Light guides us. It directs the way to go. Many, uh, never been much of a hiker, was in Boy Scouts and uh, Cub Scouts for a while, and we did, you know, all this with magnets and going to hiking and compasses. And light will show you where to go. Uh, you can know kind of the celestial stars and be able to follow the North Star and be able to, uh, sailors from back in the time used this very successfully and still do even today. It guides us. Christ does this as well. We have 66 books of the Holy Bible that guides our lives. If we will just do what Christ, through his example, gives us. Doesn't light also warn us? It warns of dangers that lie ahead. Christ does this to us. Light protects us. It keeps one from tripping, stumbling, falling, and injuring oneself, losing one's life. Christ does this too. He protects us if we'll just obey what he has for us. The mission of Christ is to give light to men. Note verse 9 states he gave light to every man. Every man is offered light, given light. Only those who know Christ and believe in Christ understand and appreciate the gift of that light truly provides. Even non-believers have access to the light. Even non-believers get the protection of the light. His grace is overabundant. His mercy is overabundant. Even non-believers can and will uh, benefit through his grace and mercy, but they don't understand and appreciate where it's coming from. They think it's chance, it's luck, it's karma. Those things, that's just not true. Christian doesn't believe in luck, chance, or karma. We know that when uh, we have a uh, blessing bestowed upon us from Christ, that it's grace and mercy. And it's only through him that we uh, benefit at all. Verse 10 in John chapter 1 states, He was not in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Notice again in verse 9, he states, quote, Cometh into the world. Verse 10 now says, Was in the world. This becoming has become an arrival. This invisible is now visible to us. This light now is visible in the created person, in the divine person of Christ. The world simply, quote, did not know him. Well, what's this mean? No means a knowledge and responding. 
recognizing and responding to him. They didn't know him. Isaiah 49.6 says this, And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to rise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation until the end of the earth. They didn't know him. Verse 11 in John says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. There's many verses in Scripture that um, I think we would say it's one of the saddest verses. This is one, I believe. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. What a tragic statement. One author I found put it this way. He came to God's land, to the city of David, the land of the temple. The Jews had waited all through the centuries for the Messiah and Savior to come. Most tragic of all was the sad reality that when he did, those who were his own people didn't receive him. They didn't even notice They didn't even recognize who he was. In Exodus chapter 19, starting in verse 3, the Bible says this, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on the eagle's wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if ye obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says for us, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Malachi 3.17 states, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, and I spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. The Jews knew these prophecies. They knew their Old Testament. And still, when when these prophecies became fact, when they became truth, when Christ was put on this earth and dwelt among us, they didn't know him. How it's just tragic and sad. They looked for him. Again, they knew the prophecy, so they looked. They looked for the signs. They they were Adam they were daily praying, studying, looking for it, and they didn't see it. Right in front of their face. They didn't see it. 
Again, how tragic. But one thing let's be very clear about. Before we think, how dare they? How must the, how could they have missed it? There's a large number of people even today that have an entire inspired, preserved word of God. 66 books. The story that God wants to have for us. And we still reject him today. We act as if he didn't exist. We act as if we just don't know. And we still reject him. We still don't know him. Verse 12, of, let's back in uh, chapter 1 of John states, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In this verse, the prologue shifts from tragedy to triumph. It shifts from they didn't know him, even though he was here and he was the true light, yet they knew him not. It shifts. This power, this delegated authority that Christ had, he was present. We've already mentioned and will continue to mention that believing that the fact that Christ is, the, is God, his deity is true, and that belief in him is the utmost importance, is a theme of John. Well, he says in verse 12, even to them that believe on his name, this believing more is more than head knowledge. It is a fully committing to that knowledge. You can listen to every one of these podcasts. You can read your Bible every day. You can read through the Bible three times a year. You can listen to preaching from great ministers and great preachers. We have access to so much knowledge today you can study scripture you can listen to all these uh, commentaries and, and and beliefs on scripture yet through all of that you are if you're not committed to that knowledge and your life is an example of that knowledge then it means nothing you must be committed to that believing is fully trusting in him as john says quote believing on his name not just believing in his name. The devil believes that he exists. Not just believing of his name. When a person receives Christ into his life as Lord, Christ gives that person the power and right to become something he is not. A child of God. Notice that John continues and tell us that this new birth is not of man verse 13 says which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god it is not of blood this idea here is that it's not here it's not a heritage thing it's not being born of a particular family race nation or people it is of no value in becoming a child of god you can be a rich person, poor person, any race, born in any country, have uh, access to um, extreme wealth, have all the information in the world, 
his this heritage means nothing you must you must anybody can come to this knowing knowledge of Christ it is not by the will of the flesh the idea here is that a person is not spiritually born again by wanting or willing to become a child of God as a person wills to have an earthly child it's not a human thing it's a spiritual thing it is not by the will of man. The idea here, again, is that even man cannot bring about spiritual birth of others. No man, no matter who he is, husband or world leader, can cause or make a person a child of God. Each individual has to make that decision upon themselves. The new birth is of God. We'll see this uh, in chapter uh, three and four when we get there when we see uh, different accounts as John progresses in, in this story and we'll talk specifically about the new birth but is it is a spiritual uh, process how wonderfully this goes along with our with the theme in our church this year that we're having and that is uh, that I may know him John tells us here it's not a knowledge thing. It's a personal relationship thing. He loves us. As I'm sitting here recording this podcast just last night at a revival service, we had a wonderful message on Christ's and God's love of us, that he loves us. And he wants that communion with us. He loves us. He wants us to come to him gives us every opportunity to do so and many many are still rejecting him let's pray christ i want to thank you for this lesson i pray for all of those that are still lord rejecting you i know as as a as a christian as a believer as a follower as a follower that you love us that you love me personally, that you love all of us personally. We're undeserving of, of that, uh, Lord. Our, uh, the way we uh, behave here, the way it's just a sinful place, that our lives are just not worthy and warranted of your grace, mercy, or love. But we know that you're a loving God. And all we have to do is believe and follow you and that you then have the promise of eternal life of an etern eternal relationship with you that's all just to think about that is just awe-inspiring we love you for who you are we pray for those that are still rejecting you that they would come to this knowledge of you that they would just give away self and put their whole faith in you. It, it literally is that simple. That they just believe in you. Knowing that they're sinners. And can't do it themselves. But instead put it in your hands. And believe in you. And just follow you. And then once they do that. They have that new birth. They have you come into their life. And they have that relationship with you again. We pray for all those in Christ's name. Amen. Before we take off uh, for this week, I want to 
recognize that we have some uh, new followers uh, in the states of Oklahoma, Texas, Washington, North Carolina, Kentucky, Illinois, and North Dakota. It's exciting to have everybody listening to our podcast. I uh, look forward to uh, getting uh, getting this out, getting uh, more people involved in listening. Uh, next week, we'll have a special email address that you can send in notes, stories, accounts. I'd love to hear how uh, God has worked in your world. What blessings have you received? What accounts have you do you have of of God working in your lives? And then what maybe prayer items would you have that for us and we would love to be able to pray for you as a community as brothers and sisters so we'll get that information out for you next week next week we'll continue in the book of john may all of you have a blessed afternoon